Chapter 14, Corporate CPR. The opening quote for this chapter is by Ralph Waldo Emerson. Everything in nature contains all the power of nature. Everything is made of one hidden stuff. Long before I decided on this book's title, I had been searching for a way to map the guidance of the present moment onto the communications process in business, hoping that it would solve the problems found there. But I did not arrive at the name on my own, as it came to me while listening to a talk about enlightenment that suggested it was not the acquisition of something new, but the realization of a pre-existing condition. At the beginning of his talk, the speaker poses this question. How is it possible for a lifetime of finite choices to achieve an infinite effect of unlimited awareness, mind, and consciousness? He answers by saying that it's not possible for finite actions to achieve infinite outcomes. Next he asks, if enlightenment is real, how does one achieve it? Again answering his own question, he says, we don't achieve it because enlightenment is a normal feature of human life that we awaken to, like we do from a night's sleep. But, he goes on to say, we can facilitate the process of awakening by restoring balance to the rhythms that exist in the seven layers of our life, which he defined as our mind, intellect, ego, memory, body, senses, and breath. Next, he invites us to notice how each of these are nested within each other, like those Russian dolls that contain sequentially smaller versions, where each is an expression of a single principle that only appears different when viewed from the perspective of its layer. In explaining this, we were able to understand that there is an underlying principle responsible for order in life, thereby making what we think of as discord merely the result of one or more of the seven layers being out of rhythm with its principle. To extend his analogy, he describes what happens when an orchestra plays the notes of a melody with instruments that are out of tune. Here the melody is the underlying principle, and disharmony the result when the instruments are played when out of tune. No matter how proficiently the orchestra plays, there's going to be dissonance. In the same manner, an individual's life will seem to be out of tune when not in harmony with its underlying principle. Conversely, when the layers are in harmony with their primary principle, life is experienced as peaceful, awake, and enlightened. Towards the end of his talk, the speaker states that the purpose of being human is to tune up the instrument, allowing each to realize the harmony that is normally present in life. He said that since all the layers are intimately connected, it is possible to align just one and experience its effects in the others, much like one tuning fork causes another to vibrate sympathetically. This is called the law of resonance. For the human being, he said, there existed many practices to tune up the system, but the easiest approach was to work with the breath. As I reflected on the application of this wisdom in my own life, I wondered if there existed a useful parallel to tuning up the corporate being to reveal its inherent quality of enlightenment. Working in the business world for many years, I'd engaged in thousands of conversations with employees, managers, executives, and investors regarding one or more layer of business. I had already experienced the disharmonious rhythms in that world, which limited success to only a few, with the majority of startups succumbing to a slow and costly death. I was also aware of the ineffective and expensive measures corporations pursued to address the discordant symptoms expressed in their workplaces, and knew that such allopathic practices were no more effective than when dealing with the underlying cause of discord in the health of the individual. 
But with this new information, I wondered if a simple and therefore overlooked solution might exist to resolve the discord in business. I thought to myself, if discord in the business world is simply a symptom, what might the real issue be? I reasoned that if there are layers to individual life, they must continue to express themselves in the people that comprise the corporate body. After all, people don't stop being humans when they go to work, do they? Of course not. We can't avoid our humanity much as we sometimes try. Does it not follow that there must be layers to the group expression just as there are for the individual? It didn't make sense that the layers and rhythms of the individual disappeared when organized as a collective. In fact, they would even be stronger which is why groups exist in the first place, to increase collective benefit through group effort. As a starting point, it seemed logical to first understand where those layers were and then map the path an individual would take to awaken onto one that business could follow. But I found the task of extending the seven-layer model onto the corporate being daunting. I had difficulty determining which layer in the corporate body represented the breath that could be managed to harmonize the others. Could I say that sales and marketing are the senses of the organization? If so, where is the mind of the company? Could I say the mind was the collective of all employees, or that the corporate ego was resident in the CEO? Where does the memory reside? Where did the customer and investor fit in, and what constituted the intellect? Perhaps, when many came together to form one entity, the layers, rhythms, and patterns changed. Clearly, I did not yet know the answer, but in trying to figure this out, The initial CPR came to me as I was attempting to recognize the patterns expressed in the workplace. I immediately liked the way it felt with its reference to health and the imperative to resuscitate business as the heart of the body of society, the social body. What came next was the understanding that a rhythm is simply a repeating pattern. I wondered how those patterns emerged, where they were located, and what levels of the corporation could be affected. How was the pattern regulated and how could it be changed? Approaching CPR in this manner, it became an acronym for Communications Pattern Recognition, which made a lot of sense because companies were essentially evolving conversations about customer satisfaction. Sitting there in the hall after the lecture, still not certain what all this meant, one thing was certain. I was on the verge of a solution for everything that plagued the world of business. But what was it? The answer to this question would take the next eight years to understand, during which I searched for an integral view that revealed how the patterns expressed in the individual, society, and business were all the result of a singular principle. In doing this, I was looking for a solution that worked equally well in all circumstances, at all times, and from all points of view. On the way to that understanding, the sense grew that I needed to simplify my search by first identifying the core operators that were common to every business in the same way that thought and emotion were core operators for the individual. To do this, I discarded popular mythologies and assumptions about business to construct a perfectly integrated model from a singular theme that could be recognized no matter where one stood to look at it. Next, I asked myself the following questions. What is the purpose of being human? What is the role of society? What is the responsibility of business? And finally, what is the organizing principle that permeates all of this? In asking this, I arrived at the understanding of an organizing principle that scales seamlessly in every conceivable direction regardless of investor, market, technology, executive, employee, or nature of enterprise, a true unified field theory of business. 
In the same way that I dedicated myself to removing all preconceived notions, beliefs, and understandings to reveal the true guidance that was available to me as an individual, I was applying the same practice to the investigation of the corporate being to find out what was true about it. In the process, I discovered the answers to these questions could not be addressed in isolation because logical dead ends would not be tolerated. Each answer must be found as a migration of one principle that, while appearing differently at each level, was synergistically operating all of the time. By taking this approach, I realized that when seen from the level of the individual, this organizing principle becomes the purpose of being human. That when viewed from the level of the group, it defines the role of society. That when viewed from the level of them both became the responsibility of business to uplift the quality of life of the individuals in society. The organizing principle then must be identifiable in its diverse expressions regardless of where one stands, whether from the point of view of the individual, a view of point of society, or the view of the whole of business. 